You know, I had a nightmare once. I came back as a park bench at a fat park. Oh, wow. You have interesting dreams. You really do. (laughs) We need Joseph to interpret that one. I feel like a straight man today. Right. Welcome to Talkin' Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. I hope this ain't gonna be a disaster. Oh boy, here we go. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Today, is there life after death? Brian points us to the resurrection of Jesus for the answer. And later, he'll be joined by Dan and his wife, Kara Whitney, for conversation, a little fun, and some encouragement for your day. Here's Brian. How about we start off with a little Shakespeare? Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts his hour on the stage and then is heard no more. Tis a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. So, is that true? Is life really as meaningless as that? Many seem to think so. Once again, this all comes down to your worldview. If we are here by accident through some forces of chance, then I guess it would be true. There is no purpose or meaning to life. But if there is a Creator God, then that changes everything. If there is a creator God, then you are made on purpose for a purpose. Isn't it true that deep down there's something inside of you that longs for something different, for something more? Doesn't it feel like we were made for more than this? If you live long enough, you're sure to experience the deep disappointments that come with this life. Death, disease, pain, loneliness, despair. They are all part of the story here on earth. So what else is there? Do we just become disembodied spirits that float around the universe? Do we become part of the energy of the universe? I mean, how boring and meaningless does that sound? As we discussed in episode one, the Bible talks quite a bit about life after death. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul connects life after death with the resurrection of Jesus. If you were with us for our study in Genesis 1 through 11, you remember that sin brought death, but God promised that from the seed of a woman, he would bring life back out of death. Jesus is that seed. Because he paid the debt of sin on the cross, he defeated death once for all time. The evidence of this was his resurrection. Because Jesus experienced a literal, physical, bodily resurrection, then those who believe in him will, too. He is the prototype of what is to come for us. Paul goes so far as to say if Jesus is still in the grave, then we are a pitiful people and we have no hope. But if Jesus did rise from the dead, then our future is glorious. In this passage that was written roughly 20 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Paul mentions that after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to over 500 people at once, as well as many individuals. He even goes so far as to say that most of those eyewitnesses were still living, implying they could ask them if they didn't believe it. 
combine the idea that the eyewitnesses were still living and Paul's claim that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our Christian faith is worthless, and you see how confident he was that Jesus did indeed physically rise from the dead, and there is every reason for hope. He's putting it out there only 20 years after the fact. Disprove the resurrection, and Christianity comes tumbling down. That's how certain he was. There is much more to talk about in the coming episodes, but let me wrap this up with a quick summary. The logic of Paul's argument goes like this. We are all sinners, and the penalty of sin is death. Jesus came to pay the debt of our sin on the cross. Since sin brings death, if Jesus really paid the sin debt, then it should be evidenced by his conquering of death, which is the result of sin. His resurrection demonstrated that death had been defeated and sin has been paid for. For those who believe Jesus died for our sins and paid our debt, we too are promised life after death because of Jesus. You long for a better place because you were made for something more. That place is offered as your eternal home as a gift from God if you're willing to receive it. So let's bring in Dan and Kara, and let's talk a little bit more about this. So every time I look at 1 Corinthians 15, one of the things that is staggering to me is that Paul is so clear that Christianity rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus. Just 20 years after the fact, if you can demonstrate Jesus didn't rise from the dead, he's pretty clear Christianity is worthless. We're still in our sins and our faith is vain. That tells me he's very confident in his claim of a resurrected Savior. Paul is another example of what I would say is this drastic change to his story. As we talked about earlier, these disciples running from and then running towards uh, the hope we have. You know, they saw the risen Christ. Paul's another one. You know this, Brian. He's out there destroying Christians. He's living, I mean, he was so studied in his faith. And then to, to go ahead and make such a change in his life, he saw Jesus on that road to Damascus. He had to have. There's no other explanation. Yeah, the change is dramatic. Well, you know, we have different experiences in our faith walk, but I was just reading this to Kara the other day. It's like um, the resurrection and, and, and what Paul's saying, and you know the disciples saw Jesus because of the miraculous change going back in with threats of death, but I... I there's a guy that I was telling Kara about. There was a football player that played for Michigan a long time ago named Billy Taylor. And I just read the story on this guy. And, I mean, he was about as low as you could get, man. His mom, his, uh, he had, his wife got, his girlfriend got murdered, and his mom died right out of school. And 
he got depression and he got involved in drugs and he was living as a homeless guy on the street for years, tried to get back on his life and he couldn't do it. And just, that was it, just walking the streets. And then, now this doesn't happen like this to some people, but some people it does. And he said one day he was sitting there and he heard uh, Billy Taylor, get up, get up. And he goes, I looked around, he goes, I heard it. He goes, you guys are gonna think I'm crazy. It was the voice of God. And I don't question that he heard the voice of God because the next day, his entire life was dramatically changed. He cleaned his life up and now he's in charge of recovery area in Michigan. And I mean, just unbelievable. So, um, I guess the point that I'm making is uh, Paul definitely uh, knows what he's talking about. Because <laughs> when you have an experience like that, you are dramatically changed. And I think that's the cool thing about being a Christian now is we don't have the, uh, only if God grants it to us, but we don't have the ability to walk with Jesus or see Jesus. But where he says we're blessed even more just because of our faith that it happened is is really awesome. So, you know, I uh, I'm I agree with Carol. Paul Paul definitely saw something. Those disciples saw Jesus. You know, one of the things again that's striking is you know, the apostles they saw the horror of the arrest, of the torture and the crucifixion. And they had every reason to believe that was their future if they proclaimed the message of a crucified, resurrected Christ. So can you imagine having seen that and knowing that might be your story, and yet not one single one of them changed their story or denied Christ, but uh, all of them proclaimed the message of a resurrected Christ all the way to their death right and and you know going back to last week you know you got to investigate research and study for yourself because you will find you will find it yourself to be true if you're if if you really want to learn but it's like Kara said you know a lot of people don't want it to be true they just don't want it to be true you know they want to live and be their own God, like we've talked before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so they just deny it just mm -hmm. for the sheer fact they don't want it. So let's go back the to the resurrection of Jesus. One of the things that makes that so significant, just beyond the obvious, is we're talking about a literal, physical, bodily resurrection, which then is our claim that we will experience as Christians a literal, physical, bodily resurrection. Well, thank God. I'll be honest. I don't, I, I'm, I, will I be fat or will I? <laughs> I need new knees. Oh, I'll tell you that much. I'm we'll all be better. You know, one of our, the questions our kids will, would ask, especially when they were younger, is will I be myself? Will I be myself? I think they do imagine themselves floating around. And, yeah. That's, That's the common. culture that we live in, though. I mean, ever since we were yeah. kids, Hollywood and television, they, you're on a harp and a cloud. And ever since you're a kid, that's drummed in your, 
your consciousness. Yeah, it's very common. People talk about somebody becoming an angel or some sort of a disembodied spirit. I mean, me personally, imagine sitting on a cloud for eternity playing a harp. It's like a little better than the other place, but not much. You know, I had a nightmare once. I came back as a park bench at a fat farm. Oh, wow. You <laughs> have interesting dreams. You really eternity. do. <laughs> we need Joseph to interpret that uh, one. I feel like a straight man today. Right. Straight man. But for us as Christians, we do root back to the resurrection of Jesus. He's the prototype. He's the first fruit. So, yes, it will be this body resurrected, perfected, made whole again that will be my physical body for the rest of eternity. So I'm not floating around on a cloud. I'm not a disembodied spirit. Uh, I will know other people. I will know my loved ones. I will know my family. Right. Uh, it's more similar than dissimilar to this, only perfected uh, uh, the world as God intended it to be. Right. It, well, it's like when Jesus was walking with those two, those two guys down the road. Just joined up with him. They were talking about resurrection of Jesus. People, you know, they were talking about him, and he was standing there. They were just didn't, you know, talking to him. He was so he had a regular body, regular. They had no, they didn't, couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, sometimes when people ask, I say, well, well, it will be the same, only different. Well, in Jesus eight, yeah, that was to show he had the physical body, yep. which re is a relief to me, because I love food. <laughs> You know, right. So I, we get to eat. I don't know. I still think they might have a special thing up there for me. I don't know. I think I'm going to get up there and Jesus is going to go, hey, 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 whoa, 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 slow down. That's your table over no, there. No, he'll actually say. Your table's say, with the salad. He will actually say for you, hey, you don't have to start till Monday. <laughs> Every day's Sunday. <laughs> so, so going back to 1 Corinthians 15, because it is a key text in our discussion as we move forward, again, I think we have listeners that probably question whether Jesus really rose from the dead and they're trying to sort that out. And that's a legitimate concern that if people are serious, there's lots of resources, those questions can be answered. But I wanna go back to something we talked about in episode one and that is for decades, scholars have gathered in public arenas inviting skeptics to debate the claim of a resurrected Christ. And again and again and again, the evidence wins out. If this was wishful thinking, if this was some sort of a, of a legend or myth over time, the last thing we'd do is want to go into a public place and debate this. We'd, we'd sweep it under the carpet and keep it all quiet. But for our listeners who are trying to figure it out, uh, there's great credibility in that, that this is true. I've often said it takes more faith to disbelieve the resurrection because the, resur uh, the evidence for the resurrection is overwhelming. Yeah, there's nobody shying away from that. They're all over the Internet. There's nobody shying away from that debate. I mean, they'll bring it on, and they, they, you're absolutely right. They cannot disprove it. You know why that is? Because the story never changes. Right. And you would think at this point they would be able to find some some break in the story, something that they could go to. But they don't. They'll throw something out like, oh, the Egyptians had this god that was similar. 
And, you know, I went down that road for a hot minute, and I was like, well, wait a minute, what if this is true? But guess what? I researched it, found out that that's a whole farce. They move the goalpost all the time, but this story never changes. And isn't that cool how that goes back to where we started doing this conversation from the very beginning, Genesis 1 through 11? You know, you either believe Genesis 1 through 11 or you don't. If you believe Genesis 1 through 11, you got one goalpost that stays the same. If you don't believe Genesis 1 11, you got a goalpost that's ever revolving around the field. I uh, I think there's lots of people that. You know, that uh, was a perfect ending, but you got to yeah. keep talking. Well, you? I know. <laughs> no, go ahead. Almost perfect. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, now you made me lose my train no, of thought. No, no. A lot of people. A lot of people. Oh, we've we've uh, mentioned it. Are determined to be their own god, yeah. and that's really what defines their life. But again, having been part of this for almost four decades, one of the times in life when that changes is when the doctor says cancer, or a loved one gets sick or dies. And suddenly there's the realization, I'm not God. And people open up their hearts and their minds to reconsidering what is true. And I really hope uh, people will do that that's because right. there's great hope in the, in the message of the resurrection. You know what? And that's what this show is all about, just dropping some seeds out there and, and, and letting people have enough knowledge to be able to go out and, and, and uh, study and investigate it for themselves. You know, the choice. That's why God gives us a free will. The choice is yours. You know, we're not gonna we're gonna love you. We 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 love we love people. We want people to, we want people to find Jesus. And so the choice is yours. We're not gonna we're not gonna force you. We're not gonna come to your house and kick your door down and say you need to worship Jesus. That's your decision. But it's uh, we want to throw out good seeds and and um, and see if uh, something will take hold. I mean, fill that hole in your heart. Well, I think going back to the the two guys on the path that were walking and talking with Jesus, I always just get such a good visual of that because at one point, Jesus starts walking, you know, straight, and they're turning off to go home. And Jesus turns around, and he waits for the invitation to go be invited in, to go have dinner or whatever. And they said, hey, you want to come over and you know, catch a bite, paraphrased, um, you, you have to invite him in. In that moment, even as much as I've studied the resurrection, you're still always going to have questions and you won't find those answers. But at some point in your life, I too went through that moment where, hey, you might have cancer, you know. And, and it was in that moment that I thought, so what if I do? I'm going to use that to glorify God in it. And that was the moment where I said, this is not my life, and I'm not in control. This is yours. Take it, because I don't want it anymore. And that, I am telling you, is when you find life, and it is the best thing ever. Just invite him in. Absolutely. That's a good way to end right there, Brian. You want to add anything to that? No. <laughs> That's all for today's Talk and Truth. To request your copy of Brian's book, Life After Death, visit TalkinTruth.com. That's Talk, letter N, Truth.com. Brian and Dan will be back Talkin' Truth next week, so be sure to subscribe.